not the end of the world if something isn't 100% perfect or if something doesn't go in the way that you imagined it. And so my encouragement to brides and grooms, brides especially, just really go with the path of least resistance. If something feels like it's working and something seems great, just go with it. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we are interviewing um, Dara Kristen Hayes. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me. And we may also say um, you're also known as Pagalily. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also known as. Also known as DJ Tiger Lilies. Yeah, woohoo! Yes, so welcome. We're so excited. Now, our interview with you is a little bit different today because you haven't been married yet. So you are in the planning process, which um, makes things really interesting um, to hear because I assume most of our audience are in the stage that you're in. So I think it'll be really great to hear everything that's going on with you. Yeah, thank you. I love talking about like wedding planning and weddings. I think, you know, despite COVID kind of putting a spanner in the works for everyone, it still is such an exciting, fun time. And, you know, even though there are a lot more hiccups than potentially there were, would have been a few years ago, I think it's still a really fun opportunity for, you know, couples to get creative and get loved up and excited. So, yeah. Totally. So Dara, tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, um, so I'm, my name is Dara. I'm from Sydney, Australia, born and bred Sydney gal. Um, I'm a DJ, I'm a producer. Um, I'm also a pretty passionate animal rights activist. Um, and I'm on Instagram a lot, doing different things, jumping up and down on stage, drinking lots of champagne, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with lots of different hair colours. Yes, with lots of different hair colours. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I saw you. Back in my early 20s, quite. Because how long have you been DJing for? 10 years. Yeah, I, wow. I assume I saw you perhaps like in St Kilda in Melbourne. Yeah. Many, 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 many years ago. Perhaps when you kind of just started out. Um, yeah, you you definitely would have. It's crazy um, <laughs> because people don't really realise how long I've been doing this for a lot of the people that are at my shows these days are younger kids so they'll be like you know 18 to 22 um and they kind of think thank god and bless them that I'm kind of like you know maybe 24 or something yeah yeah that's good to know that's good to know (laughs) and you ride that train (laughs) oh yeah absolutely and so when they say when I when I say oh you know I've been DJing for 10 years they look at me like kind of doing the math like what's going on? And then when I speak to someone who's my age, they're like, oh yeah, I saw you like, you know, at Soho in Sydney 10 years ago, or yeah, at St Kilda or whatever. And I'm like, yep, that would have been the case. (laughs) That's that's a great thing though. I don't think that's a negative thing or bad thing at all. No. No, no. We're riding riding the compliments. Yeah, ride (laughs) those compliments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you travel, you travel, well, the world when we could, but you're traveling at the moment for work, which is really amazing. We were just chatting offline about where you are. Um, So you are born and bred in Sydney. You've got an amazing opportunity with your job to be able to see some incredible sights, meet some incredible people, have some incredible experiences. But how did you meet your now fiancé? 
So we actually met over 10 years ago at schoolies. Um, and oh, no way! I don't actually remember meeting him. He remembers meeting me, of course. <laughs> Um, but no, we both went to Byron um, for schoolies and he was staying in the apartment next to me. Um, and so that's, I think, where we first really met. But we don't count that as a first meeting because, you know, it was it was a lifetime ago. So we actually met um, properly about five and a half years ago through my cousin. So my cousin went to high school with Scott and they were really good friends. And so... Okay. After school, they moved into a share house together and it was, you know, a big party share house. And they started, or Mitchell, my cousin, started inviting um, all his friends to all my shows, you know. Boys, I can get you into this club for free, VIP booth, free drinks, woohoo, party. And I was like, oh yeah, your friend Scott is really cute. Hi. (laughs) And the rest is history. So yeah, we met through my cousin, which was really, really nice. I think it's hard to meet people these days and hard to meet people that, you know, what's it's tricky, especially with things like online dating, you can meet someone and they can be amazing, but you can have no real touch point with them um, in regards to like knowing anyone in their life or vice versa. So mm. I was yeah. really um, happy that Scott and I were connected that way. It's a really nice way to, you know, meet someone. Yeah, that's it. And at least, you know, as well, being friends with your cousin, like if there was something amiss, he would tell you or if there was something about him that you're like, oh, yeah, that's what he is on the outside. But really behind closed doors, he's a bit of a dick. Then at least you'd sort of have that rather than, you know, meet at a bar and take two years to find out. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) My cousin was actually... My cousin was actually like not super happy at the start, I think. He was like, hang on, you've just like taken my best mate away from me. Like, what are you doing? Don't do this. <laughs> oh, Your friend, now... friend blocked him. Yes. <laughs> oh, now he's happy. His best oh, friend's part of the family. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. Okay, so you said Scott. Scott is his name. And how, what does what does he do? How does how does it all work with how you work and you travel for your job? Is he based in Sydney? Does he go on the road with you? How do you yeah. guys keep that going? So he's also Sydney born and bred. We're very we're we're a very Sydney couple. We love Sydney. <laughs> And I don't think we'll ever really leave there. Um, So his job is actually like kind of set in Sydney. He's in the construction industry. So he has to be on site in Sydney the whole time, Um, which some people see as a negative in that he can't really travel with me. But I, to be honest, see it as a positive because when I'm traveling for work, it's not a holiday and I think a lot of people think it's a holiday in that you know I play maybe three nights a week and then I've got the rest of the week to lie on the beach and drink cocktails but it's really not what it's like you know there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes it's pretty um labor intensive time wise so it's a good thing I think that he has this really um kind of scheduled and like regimented life at home um and it allows me to kind of leave and go and do these crazy hours and crazy travel sprees and then kind of come back to a really settled normal life which is really lovely um and it is definitely hard like I've been away from him now for two and a half months and it's the longest time we've ever spent apart but I'm going home in a week now which is so exciting and so 
Yeah, I'm so excited to see him. And I know it's just, yeah, our reunion's going to be really nice. And it's actually probably been really lovely to spend time apart before the wedding because it's yeah. made us really miss each other. And, oh, just so excited to get home and spend time together and, you know, just do life again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? It's one of those things, I think, from a generational point of view, like we're all about the girl boss over here. We're all about like doing what we need to do for ourselves. You don't want to give up anything that can breed resentment later on in life. And I just think when you've got something that you've got going on before potentially relationships or you've got a passion that you want to follow – you're going to be able to do it and you're going to be a better person when you come home to that person of yours after you've been able to do what you do. And, you know, it would be, like you said, it would be such an amazing feeling to go home and just debrief because your job is so, um, it's so intensive when you're in it. Like, let alone the backgrounds, like being super present and bringing an energy that you need to bring every single time you're on stage, it would be exhausting. You're like, yeah, yeah I get a day off, but I'm asleep. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Energetically, it is so intense. Yeah. Like even I've COVID has made me really realize that because I've had, you know, a couple, like a couple of lockdown periods where I've not done any performing for like three mm. or four months at a time. I've had two of those periods now and God, I love sleeping and I love going to bed at nine o'clock on the dot. <laughs> and so when I play and have to play three or four nights in a row it is absolutely energetically exhausting it's crazy um but what I was going to say is like one of the things I love most about Scott is that he's like so trusting and so calming and he's such like a grounding energy that for me being kind of super flighty and all over the place and creative and you know up and down and you know everything just big emotions and energies his energy is so perfect for me and the fact that he lets me go and do my thing and girl boss it out and you know has all the trust in the world for what I do and me as a person is so good because I know that so many relationships struggle with that when someone is away um and you know they lack the communication and the ability to really connect despite not being physically together. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful for him in that respect. And it's, you know, it, it does just really work, which is awesome. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, Lovely. it's so good. That's the basis yeah. of a relationship though, isn't it? Is trust and friendship. Because at the end of the day, that's all we've got left when, you know, we've got walkers and <laughs> can't really do much anymore. Like that's it. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta start, you gotta start there, definitely. You you just mentioned before that you'd kind of you'd played and then had a three month lockdown and played and had a three month lockdown. So how did Scott get in the proposal? How did that work? Did he like plan it or was this spontaneous? Oh my god, she's home. Let's just do it. So a, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, he proposed when we were on a holiday in Western Australia, and we postponed that holiday three times due to Duh. COVID. Yeah. Um, which ended up working out perfectly for the proposal anyway. Um, we'd hired a four-wheel drive with like a pop-up tent on the top and we were doing the road trip from Perth to Esperance, that big like kind of loop, which yeah. we'd wanted to do for so long because it's just so beautiful. Anyway, we'd, you know, at the start, this, so he proposed uh, um, in March, 21st of March, and, you know, we had spoken about getting married in January and like, you know, he'd asked me a few questions about rings I liked and because my ring is really different, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, style and design and things like that. Um, 
but I kind of thought, you know, it was months off. I thought it would be happening maybe now, like toward the end of this year, um, just because I thought it took a long time to do these things. Apparently not if you're Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he kept it like he kept me very unaware, like on the plane over to Perth. He obviously had the ring in his backpack and he was still showing me photos of rings saying, oh, I like this design. What do you think about this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I like that. Throw I don't like that. Totally thrown me off. So he proposed on like the first morning of our road trip we'd um driven to this like really secluded beach just by chance had stumbled across it in the dark because we were really late we'd had a really big driving day that day um and yeah stumbled across this you know beach at night looked like kind of any other beach um and we woke up in the morning and it was just magical we'd like face the rooftop tent out toward the ocean and it was like this beautiful marshmallow morning sky just fantastic so i was in bed just thinking oh you know it's going to be it's going to be the most relaxed morning we can have a coffee and snuggle up in bed and watch the sunrise and scott immediately just jumps up and runs down or jumps out of the rooftop tent and goes and he's like i'm going to take a drone shot it's going to be fantastic and i was just thinking oh babe relax if you ever meet scott he's so go 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 his energy is just like he's such a doer loves to get things done so i was like okay you do you boo I'll stay in here. I'll have my coffee in bed. It's going to be so nice. Anyway, five minutes later, after all this rustling, he was like, oh, do you want to come and be in the drone shot? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no. No. It's it's 6 a.m. It's freezing cold because it's March in, you know, the southern part of Western Australia. Yeah, so I'm it's free. cold. It's cold. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, babe, because I could tell he was like really keen. He'd been talking about this drone shot forever. So I jumped downstairs and I went to put on this like really pretty caftan. And he's like, you can't wear that. I was like, okay, what do you want me to wear then, <laughs> Mr. Instagram guru? And he's like, oh, just like, you know, a nice white plain bikini would be good. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I started brushing my hair and things. He's like, no, 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 don't, don't do anything. And I'm like, okay, what about brushing my teeth? He's like, you don't need to do anything. Just, it'll just, it's just an Instagram shot. I was like, okay, fine. So we wandered down to the water and the idea was um, he was going to set the drone on automatic and then he was going to kind of run into shot and we'd kind of both run along the beach kind of into the water's edge together. Romantic as, love it. Love a smoochy Instagram video. And so I was so unaware so unaware Uh, anyway (laughs) I was actually pretty pissed off because I was you can see the pre-videos where he's testing the drone I needed to go to the toilet and I was freezing cold my feet were absolutely numb and I'm just standing there looking up at this drone like hurry up what are you doing why are you taking so long and anyway then he he just yells out he's like all right turn around and slowly walk toward the water and try and look like you're having fun just pretend (laughs) and I was like okay woo so you see me in the video like kind of you know turning it on being like all right we're filming let's go and then he just you know he goes turn around and I was like what you're meant to be coming and like jumping in the video with me and then he was on one knee and he apparently had this beautiful speech planned but yeah he just kind of obviously couldn't get it out so he just said Dara will you marry me which is really lovely um and it was 
the biggest shock of my whole entire life. Like I'm still shocked now thinking back to that moment. Um, and it was just romantic and he absolutely nailed it. I know he had a sleepless night the night before thinking of everything that could go wrong and, you know, luck was on his side because it just happened really perfectly, which is amazing. Turned it on for him. And it's so nice that you yeah. had a surprise. Was did he seem nervous or were you just were you just like you clearly just want this drone shot like a <sighs> like uh, he's pretty good at holding it together he was quite quiet the day before we had like a nine hour drive the day before and I did notice he was quiet but I thought he must have just been tired and keen to you know get the holiday started but obviously in his head he was going over all the things that could go wrong Mm -hmm. and then in the morning he did seem like a bit weird but you know I just thought he was just cold and didn't sleep very (laughs) well and you know just wanted to get the shot and then have a chilled morning so I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was more thinking about how numb my toes were. <laughs> it's the things that we do for Instagram that really, when you break it down, you're like, oh my God, yeah. I do a lot for this. You guys better like that shot. Seriously, all my friends were like, how are you not suspicious? And I was like, guys, we do stuff like this all the time. This is yeah. normal for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh. So, okay. So, and you know what? It's hard to keep secrets from each other. And, you know, because you travel and then you come back like, like, oh gosh, even if I've been, I've got two kids. And if I've been with the kids all day, I know when I get back into like an adult conversation, I'm like, like I just talk utter smack for the whole time. So I reckon it might have been hard for him to have kept that a secret because he would have been super excited and then he doesn't see you and then you come back and he'd probably be like, don't don't accidentally drop it, like keep it silent, getting the yeah. ring on the plane over there, like – Good on you, Scott. Oh, my God. I know. He did so well. And he didn't tell – he obviously asked my parents and he told his parents, but he didn't tell anyone else. Like, no one else knew. And I think he did that on purpose because he was so worried that, like, there were so many variables about all the different things that could happen. And I'm a really nosy person. Like, I'm the type of girlfriend to, like – go into your bag and like repack things and add a few of my things and like make sure he's got all the like you know you know he always forgets his toothbrush so I'm like making sure that things are all done kind of thing so he was thinking oh god she's just gonna she's gonna go into the bag she's gonna find it so he'd he'd wrapped it up like in a box in a jumper in a bag in that bag to kind of be like oh it's just a you know a spare jumper in the bottom of the bag all that kind of stuff so much thought had gone into it so much thought (laughs) Oh, well, it was all worth it. Obviously, it was all worth it, wasn't it? So, yeah. Dara, March last year was the proposal, which was also basically when Oz was beginning, well, especially the East Coast, but was when, when COVID really hit Australia mm. in a it big was March, way. It was March this year. So, we've oh, already March done this 12 year. months okay, so of COVID. Okay, so we'd already done 12 months yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. March this year. Okay, well, same thing we're still bloody in it (laughs) so it doesn't change my question but knowing what we're currently in and what was sort of still sort of ahead of us what what how did how have you guys even attempted to plan a wedding so what was the first thing what was the first thought that went through your mind and what was the first thing you did yeah so we initially kind of wanted to get married 
now, like in September, October. Um, We've been together five years. We've been together ages. We live together. We've lived together for ages. We've got a dog. Like nothing necessarily will change that much in our relationship. And so we were really excited to get married. But we had to look at the situation and we're like, okay, like, what, what, let's be realistic about this. Um, what are we going to do in regards to time? So we chose March next year, which is so March, 2022. So 12 months from when we got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really glad we did that because it's obviously given us a little bit more leeway and buffer room with all the COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, in regards to how we're approaching all of it, it might sound a little bit naive, but we're just kind of acting like COVID it doesn't exist and preparing for it to be the perfect COVID situation in that weddings will be allowed to happen. We'll be able to have the majority of our guests, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. And look, we understand that realistically that we might have to make big changes come March next year. And we're, we're just taking the approach of like, let's not stress about it until it's something that we need to stress about. And then we'll kind of make action on that. But we have come to terms with the fact that, you know, we may need to cull our guest list in half. We may need to change the date. We may need to push it out a couple of months. Um, And so the best thing ever is that we've got the most amazing, relaxed team of vendors ever. Um, And they're all the biggest chillers ever. So, like, we have zero stress. No worries. We know it's all going to be fine. And Mm. I think the thing is with both... Scott and my work, we really appreciate and love when people trust us in our industries. And so we have just put 100% control and trust in these people and are really letting them do their thing. And I know they really appreciate that. And they're professionals at what they do. So, and to answer the second part of your question, the first thing that we did was we knew that we wanted to work with a specific stylist. Her name's Danny from The Make House. Mm-hmm. And she is just everything and more um, from what she does to her creativeness to her flexibility to just her chilled out personality. She's amazing. So she was the first person we hit up and we just had a big convo with her and we said, we just got engaged. We need to work with you. We love what you do help us yeah. Oh, yeah. her vibe is your vibe absolutely yeah absolutely and she's so diverse that yeah she'll be able to make very yeah amazing amazing choice and also one that really reflects probably you know your online persona because not obviously knowing you intimately your online persona is this you know fresh fun vibrant type of a person and you look at the make house's work and the way that they approach their creativity and that's really really similar so back to what you said about picking the vendors that you trust and trust you I think it's a really important yeah absolutely and I think starting with Danny was amazing because she's obviously like she does florals and styling and like, you know, creative styling slash visual design for the whole day, which for us is so important because, you know, we're not a really traditional couple. Our wedding isn't going to be traditional. It's going to be really different to, you know, I would say 99% of weddings that you see. And we really wanted someone to be able to be like, cool, let's do things differently. Like let's, just throw a massive party and make it epic. And Danny's really all about um, 
supporting us creatively and also being really honest and upfront with us about decisions. She'll tell us if, you know, she wants to veto something, which is amazing. And she's also been fantastic in guiding us when it comes to recommendations for other like-minded vendors because, mm. you know, Danny's super chilled but also very organized. So she doesn't want someone that's going to be manic and over the top. Um, so she's been fantastic for, you know, putting us on to other people, um, which has been amazing, and also helping us to make decisions at the right time. Uh, when we had the first call with her, she was so relaxed. She's like, you don't need to do anything except, Dara, you need to find your dress. That's the one thing you need to do because, you know, they generally like nine months to kind of lock your dress in and, you know, make it happen yeah. um and that was fantastic advice because I had no idea you just don't know no one tells you these things so no. that was amazing <laughs> oh, that's so good and so she's recommended like-minded vendors um your wedding venue can you tell us a little bit about why you picked where you picked yes so we're getting married at Scott's parents property and they have yeah they have a really beautiful property in Sydney um it's about six or seven acres of like beautiful garden. They've got amazing horses, um, obviously a, a, a really lovely house. And we spend so much time there. We're there all the time. We're there for, you know, birthdays and Christmases. And because it's in Sydney where we really are there a lot and it has such a, you know, beautiful, special place in our heart. And we, you know, our love story has really kind of happened and blossomed there. You know, we've been through amazing times there. We've been through shitty times there together. And so for us, there was no other really option. It was always, we wanted to get married there. And Scott's parents are super supportive and are super excited to have a wedding there, which is amazing. We honestly, when we first got engaged, we toyed at looking at other properties and you know we searched a few because we are theming our wedding we wanted something that was going to be pretty out there and pretty wowy and we did find a few properties that were pretty amazing but the sheer wait time and inability to even access these properties at dates in the foreseeable future that for us was like stuff it no way we have this property that we can access on any weekend Sure, we've realized it's a lot more expensive to have it at a private property. Mm. And, you know, if there aren't inbuilt, say, wet weather plans or things like that, might get a bit hairy. But, you know, we're just we're just rolling with it. I'm sure it'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> and then so you've got Danny from the Make House helping with styling. Is she also helping with planning or do you have a planner? Um, so she's kind of doing styling and helping me do a whole heap of the planning to be honest I've done a lot of the planning and organizing myself which I love and I'm super happy to have done that um mm -hmm. we have an on the day coordinator um and that's going to be really important I think because you know well goes without saying um but we're not specifically going to have a wedding planner to oversee everything because we've employed these amazing people called white top venues and danny put us onto them and they for people who haven't heard of them are like a one-stop shop for literally pretty much everything everything so yeah. they do marquees flooring lighting tables chairs bar toilets staffing setups um yeah oh wow packing up packing down they have they have the coordinator on the day um they do literally everything so it is 
like bringing a wedding venue into your property. Yeah, so and they're like essentially like your planner, basically. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so as a result of that, we've really mitigated um, the number of vendors that we have. So our vendor list is actually really small because they provide such a comprehensive service, which is amazing. And so the combination of Danny, who's going to be doing all the visuals plus florists and all that kind of stuff, um, plus them who are doing all the like logistical and like, I suppose, I don't know, what would you call it? Just all the stuff that's there. Realistically, all we have to do apart from that is like music, booze, catering, celebrant, which is all already organized and was relatively easy for me to lock in. So it's been um, fantastic having the combination of Danny and White Top. And they've just, yeah, I I can't imagine having to try and coordinate, you know, 20 vendors because they really are providing a service that you know you could get separate vendors to do so it's just made the whole thing so relaxing yeah and like I mean yeah you're not having that excel spreadsheet with where's your flooring coming from where's your toilets coming from and I guess if someone's covering all that stuff you know things aren't going to go amiss because I think people forget you know how hard it is to organize toilets and you want the luxurious type you don't want you know what you see at a building site or anything like that people forget these kind of details Um, because I think we interviewed a bride last week and she was talking about she couldn't get any beautiful toilets in Um, she was having to look in different states to try and get her toilets shipped Mm. down to her wedding so it's great that they offer kind of that whole entire service because I think when you're planning something like at a farm or house or whatever have you um, you forget about all those little tiny details that you oh, need and yeah. they are actually quite hard They're to organise. Yeah. Yeah. And the communication yeah. that you'll be having that if you didn't enlist really dynamic, supportive suppliers like you've got, the month leading up to your wedding would be so drowned with communication or the two months leading up that it takes away all the fun and makes yeah. it almost like a chore. So you've got these incredible vendors in there now that is going to take all that off your hands because mm-hmm. they'll have a beautiful working relationship together to just uh, just bring it there for you. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, Danny's worked with the guys from White Top, I think, once before. They've also all worked together with the photographer and videographer, which is amazing. Um, same with the celebrant. Um, they've all kind of, you know, they all really realistically know each other in some way which is fantastic and so I think that that is just going to make it not only fun and easy for us but fun and easy for them too which realistically like I don't know I'm all about weddings not being a headache they shouldn't be it's like fun and it should it should be a really fun process and you know I I understand why girls get bridezillery but like at the end of the day it's just a wedding enjoy it like it is it should be the, fun, the most fun time of your life, planning such yeah. an epic party. So yeah. r- really embodying that and just hoping that it all kind of continues to be smooth sailing. And I have full belief that it will with the awesome vendors that we yeah. do have. So Dara, you're on a private property, which obviously means that like we've just spoken about, you've got to bring everything in. Your vendors actually on a private property are more, you have got, they've got more pressure to be exactly what you need them to be for your wedding day, because there is nowhere to hide at a private residence. Like your job is in full view. Um, Other than you know the structure per se, so your marquee for your event and your creative, 
generally the second biggest invoice, the second biggest responsibility, the second biggest stress is your caterers. Now you mentioned earlier that you're a big animal activist and we know that you're, are you still vegan? Know that you're vegan. How did you go about choosing a vegan caterer? Because there are, you know, there are so many options. We've got quite a few um, weddings in Sydney next year. Fingers crossed they let me across the border. I promise I won't bring anything with me, promise. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's, we, you guys have got an incredible pool of caterers that you can choose from. However, vegan tell me about that how did you find them was the process really hard you know because we we haven't used one up there before the process okay there's been two things that have been stressful about the wedding and that was choosing my bridesmaids navigating because I've got some really beautiful close friendships as well as two sisters and choosing the caterer it was a headache it was an absolute headache so we're not having a fully vegan wedding. I'm fully vegan, but Scott is an avid meat eater and yep. loves eating meat. <laughs> and we had many very heated emotional discussions about this. And it's still something that is like, it is upsetting for me because it's such a big part of who I am. And I'm so passionate about, you know, not hurting animals and the environment just for the sake of having a nice meal. You can have amazing food and it can be totally cruelty-free. But Scott is a really passionate meat eater. He buys really amazing cuts of meat and cooks them in a way for 20 hours just to perfect it and then shares it with all his friends. And it is a big part of what he does like to do. And like vegans look at me and they're like, you guys are crazy. Like, how do you make that work? But you know what? I think that we both need to respect each other's opinions and views. And I feel like this is like, you know, it represents a marriage, right? Two totally different people coming together. (laughs) Yeah. Compromise. Totally. Yes, totally. So you just have to kind of, you have to respect each other's views. And so we haven't gone for a totally vegan caterer, although the day will be like 80% plant-based and then there'll be like 20% of like, there'll be like two, two main offerings and I think maybe one or two canapes that will be meat but there'll be no really in between it'll be like everything will be plant-based plus some meat things which we've discussed and I'm really happy with that and he's really happy with that and it's good that we've been able to come to kind of a middle ground with each other with you know between ourselves which is really nice we ended up going with a company called Art Kitchen um, and we got recommended them Um, We actually haven't done a tasting or anything with them yet because COVID, Um, but they have a really vast menu with heaps of plant-based options and then lots of different meat options for Scott as well. I reckon I got like 10 different quotes from 10 different companies in Sydney and also hit up our favorite vegan restaurants and the quotes were astronomical, like we have a pretty like relaxed budget for the wedding, but I didn't want to spend, you know, $35,000 just on food for a hundred people. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's ridiculous. Like you're not paying $350 a head just for food. Like, I, I just don't even know. Is it covered in gold leaf? Like, why is it so expensive? You know? Yep. Like, and do you know what the hardest thing is? Is that a lot of couples get that invoice across their, like, email first 
because it's so expensive and it's one of the things you've got to book first because if you're booking at a venue that comes hand in hand and you know it's a really Why intimidating is it so, thing. so much from your end Laura there are so many different factors so like a cost per Would head be more expensive I don't understand it's just the food it's the way it's prepared it's whether or not it has to be prepared on site you might find that there could be a cheaper per head cost if it's all prepared off-site and then just brought in and reheated in a way, yeah. which nobody wants. So, yeah, yeah like the cost it, it's, is, there's lots that go into it. The cost of, like, bringing a commercial kitchen Huge. To, to a site is massive. And, like, the restaurants we were talking to, we asked, like, four different vegan restaurants, mm-hmm. and they all said, look, we're happy to quote this up for you. But just so you know, it's going to be about this because okay. to bring the food, like to, to bring the restaurant stuff onto site, it's just so expensive, especially Huge. if they aren't a catering company, um, then they're not going to have that stuff ready to go. So anyway, we, we did hit up heaps of catering companies as well. And I was still absolutely shocked at the cost. So anyway, Art Kitchen ended up being amazing. They came in at a really good price for us. Um, their communication was quick was easy was straightforward um and so yeah like we've got to taste the food but I'm sure it's going to be great and it just it seemed like my um my approach for this wedding is path of least resistance like if it seems like it's happening and it's easy and it's good let's not overthink it let's do it and so that was the first caterer for us that really felt like it was going to be an easy process with them um and so yeah I'm really happy that we've locked it in it's done and dusted when, when I get back to Sydney, we'll be able to do some tastings, which will be fantastic. Um, and they seem just really flexible and really easy, especially with the vegan stuff. Um, their approach is they can pretty much make anything vegan, which is amazing. So we love that. And I'm very happy about it now that it's all done. Yeah, <laughs> that's, ex- that's exciting because it is. It's a really big thing. I mean, I don't know what other people's partners are like, but my husband, I'm like, what do you remember about getting married? He's like, the food the booze, the entertainment. He's like, that's it. So obviously from my point of view, I'm, compl- I'm the complete, almost the complete opposite. But from his point, I'm like, so you've got to have good food because, and you've got to have, you know, good beer and good alcohol and good entertainment. So investing in the right areas is really important, especially yeah. with what makes an, like an impact to you. It's, it's funny because a lot of brides we interview have said that their main top, priority has been food yeah haven't they yeah I reckon like 80 to 90 percent of our brides have said I wanted good food and good alcohol yeah which is Mm. odd to me because I to me Mm. but I mean that's the majority isn't it really care about you would find that from the brides you work with like yeah food and it can ruin a wedding like we went to a wedding in Bali and it was the most beautiful wedding but they did share platters and the venue had never done share platters. And, you know, with like the loss of communication. Yeah. Um, and I think they had Uh-oh. perhaps an Australian planner, but something went amiss. And I like people were scrounging for food. It was oh. like they would drop like one fish between like 10 people and like you got like a spoon. <laughs> people would be like, oh, like trying to am so hungry. Yeah. And yeah. now that's all we remember. And that's all people were talking about at the wedding. Yeah. And yeah. it just kind of put a damper on things, I yeah. guess. We've um almost doubled the amount of food that like 
comes with their standard package. And it's just because we have this fear. Our friends are big drinkers, really big drinkers. And so we want people to be able to eat and eat plenty of food. Um, and so we're, yeah, really, really keen to have enough food and good yeah. food. Um, yeah. For us, it, it wasn't necessarily, at the start, I thought it was going to be like the focus for me. Um, but I think for us, the entertainment and the flow throughout the day in regards to the journey for the guests and the storytelling and having these kind of wow moments for the guests is, I think, for us what's most important. But I think if you don't have enough food and all the food is crap, then the food becomes the focus. Yeah, so yeah. having the food be yummy, fresh and plentiful is really important because then that lets the guests be satiated and enjoy the experience right totally yeah totally and you can't overdo it you can you can underdo it but what's you know yeah i'm sure everyone's gonna polish it off if not they'll eat it later when they're really pissed at like 11 (laughs) o'clock when the leftovers yeah come out um so moving on to like obviously music is really important to you that's what your career is i'm assuming that you perhaps you're not gonna get on the dj decks and um DJ for your wedding. Not at all. So have you kind of no pressure to kind of have, you know, the music and the DJ, you know, top notch? Has that been hard? Have you chosen a friend or like, you know, what have you gone with for music? Yes. So we've gone with... Well, first of all, I did feel a lot of pressure to choose something perfect. Um, So... We were always thinking we'd definitely just get a DJ, but then our best friends got married in March and they had a band. And I said to Georgia, I was like, babe, I'm really worried. Bands are hit or miss, mostly miss. And she was like, Dee, you've got to listen to this band. And I was like, okay, cool. Anyway, the band at the wedding was fantastic, fantastic. And so as soon as we got engaged, I called Georgia and I said, can we use your band that you had at your wedding? And she was like, oh my God, absolutely. Turns out we know the lead singer from the band via a mutual friend. So we've locked them in, which is amazing. Their name is Master Blaster and they're from Newcastle. Master Blaster. Yeah. They sound fun. Yeah, they are really, really fun. So they're like drums, guitar, vocals, um, keyboard, and a saxophone player as well. So it's like this really groovy band and they play a combination of like chilled acoustic stuff um for earlier on then they play a really nice combination of like hits and throwbacks and those classic wedding songs which is so important because i've been to weddings before where the band or dj only plays hits from now and it totally alienates all the older guests that might not be listening to the radio And I want to see my grandma up on the dance floor, you know. I want to see my aunties and uncles getting up and enjoying the music. So it's really important for me that the music is diverse and caters to all different age groups um, at the wedding. So we've locked them in for the day. Would you do that for, sorry to interrupt you, but would you do that for um, like all your songs? Would you make sure that they're catering to all your guests so your grandma can be up there dancing? Or would you kind of throw in a mix, like do some hits that are today and then the old throwbacks like a mix it up like how would you yeah I definitely definitely want to mix absolutely and I think they'll be able to when I look at their playlist we'll be able to kind of like create a nice transition and timeline for their playlist um with you know the big kind of wedding bangers being toward the end of the the structure of the night I suppose but then we have a DJ 
after the band, because we're on a private property, we don't have like a cutoff time, which is amazing. Um, and I also struggled to choose the DJ because there are so many amazing DJs out there. Um, but you also have to choose a DJ that would be willing to play your wedding. Anyway, At your so we wedding, asked... how much pressure would you feel the bride, the bride is professional <laughs> DJ? You'd be very stressed. <laughs> anyway, so we've asked one of our friends. His name is Rich Penny, um, and he's a Sydney-based DJ, and he plays, oh, my God, the best music. Scott and I really love, like, house and tech with, like, a little bit of commercial thrown in there, and he plays, like, a really fun combination of all of that. So I think it's going to be a really nice transition when he jumps on after the band because it'll be, like, the signal for people that are like, okay, this might be my time to go home now. I'm done. <laughs> now it's yeah. turning into, like, a bit of a rave cave. So yeah. I think... I think that'll be really fun and Rich is amazing. He's such a chilled out, nice guy. I've known him for like 10 years um, and I'm really happy he said yes. So yeah, we're really, really, really excited and happy with our musical choices. Mind you, Scott and I have been having some pretty heated conversations lately about what we're going to have musically for the aisle. Um, mm. And we have very big opinions and very different opinions. So I don't know what we're going to do in that respect. I'm nervous. Oh, TBC there. Yeah. Because this is, yeah. this is a really good interview because, yeah, you've got all this excitement still to come. So it's really cool chatting to you about what you've done and how you've navigated COVID. But, you know, you've got some – you've still got some really amazing memories yet to make. So, you know, it'd be great to double back and – chat to you after the wedding and you know just hear how it all goes because now I'm super excited for you I'm super excited to see what Danny makes she's just going to be incredible yeah. with your visions together as you know I wonder I wonder oh my gosh I wonder so we're super excited <laughs> for you can't wait for March can't wait now Dara with planning through COVID what you're in the thick of it. So, you know, it's great when we chat to couples that have got hindsight about what they would do differently, but you're here right now trying to navigate this. What is your one tip that you can give those in the same position as you guys? Oh my gosh, go with the flow. Really? I think that um, I learned this really nice and early with choosing my dress. Um, the first boutique that I went to and tried some outfits on or dresses on was the one that I went with and I remember having a hesitation when I was choosing my dress thinking I should go to 10 other boutiques I should try all these other things on and then I had this moment where I realized that I was literally making it difficult for myself by overthinking it and I think Instagram does not help because there is so much content on there and so many options I found two dresses in one day that I absolutely freaking loved. And so I'm going with them. They fit perfectly. They're super flattering. They fit the theme. They tick literally every single box. And so that for me was a big lesson because I think overthinking and exploring too many options can be your downfall because you're making things so much harder for yourself. Like I know it's important. It's your wedding day, but it's it it is also just your wedding day you know like don't know like it's not the end of the world if something isn't 100% perfect or if something doesn't go in the way that you imagined it and so my encouragement to brides and grooms brides especially just really go with the path of least resistance if something feels like it's working and something seems great just go with it 
don't overthink it. You don't have to go to 10 different couture boutiques and like try on a million different dresses. Go with stuff that is easy. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good motto for life, isn't it? it is. For life, not just weddings. Go for, for the life. path of the least <laughs> totally. resistance. Love it. Yep, yep, totally. Oh, Dara, thank you so much for joining us on the You and Me podcast. Amazing. It's been we really good. No, we, we can't wait. We will be interviewing you after your wedding. It's been all so good. Yeah. Yeah, and good luck. Have the best time. Enjoy it because so many people don't get, you know, you don't get this. Most people don't get married twice and you don't get this time back. So enjoy the process. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a magical day and we'll chat to you when you're, eight. What is your, what's your surname now going to be? Lawson. Oh, nice. Dara Lawson. Oh, nice. Sounds yeah. Good. Yeah, yes. Lawson is I'm I'm really happy Scott has a good last name. I was actually yes. not gonna change my last name until I met Scott. I was like, my mum didn't change her last name, you know, so she's still got her maiden name and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be like my mum's, you know, woohoo, strong woman. And then when I met Scott, I was like, Oh no, I'm definitely changing my last name. <laughs> ah, <I love laughs> definitely awesome. Well we can't we can't wait to chat to you then, Dara yeah, Lawson. Thank you so oh. much, honey. Good <laughs> luck. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Andy. Nice to chat. You too. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.